Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the 143rd episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about how to get aligned with the jobs that define our careers. Why should you listen to this episode? Maybe you're finding that an apathetic or even draining energy consumes you at work. You show up to work, you grind it out, you show up the next day, rinse, repeat, and boom, thank God it's the weekend. So now you decide that it's time for a change and you're open to doing that by hopping to a different job, company, or career altogether. Well, you're going to want to listen to this episode first. The truth is, a lot of people don't know what job is right for them. Or worse, they may not even be aware of the importance of picking an engaging job that works. Today is all about one word, alignment. We'll discuss the concept of picking a job that you are personally aligned with and how it can actually make a difference. Today, I brought on Jeanette Winters, a Fortune 100 talent management executive. She is the chief talent officer and managing partner for Winters Advisory Group. Jeanette is a human capital expert with 20 plus years of designing scalable, quantifiable, and sustainable initiatives. She's been involved in the creation and implementation of human capital practices, procedures, and programs. And she's led human resources for many brands that you may be familiar with, including Pitney Bowes, Igloo, and Beyond Meat. And I am beyond excited to get this one rolling. So let's launch right into it with our 143rd episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Jeanette, how are you doing today? Oh, it is a great day. How about you, Chris? Great. Thanks so much for being on the show. And usually what I like to do is kick off to hear a little bit about the backgrounds of our guests that we have on our show. And I thought, what a more targeted way to do that by asking you about your own experience about alignment. So Jeanette, I want to hear an experience where you learned the value of being aligned with a job or company. Could you go ahead and uh, let us know about that? What a great way to start. You know, I was in graduate school and I had been working at a very large uh, Fortune 1000 company. It was, as you've described it, though, I got up every day. I went into the office. I worked. I did my thing and came home and just, you know, reveled in each weekend. I finished my doctorate and was recruited by Intel. And it was there that alignment actually had meaning for me. Why do I say that? Because I, I jumped up out of bed every morning. I raced into the office, not because <laughs> there were things to do, there were lots to do, but because I knew I could bring my best. And not only that, people would not only encourage my best, but they'd even press me to go further and farther and faster. And with that kind of motivation and people around me encouraging that level of excellence. It is a feeling that uh, has stayed with me ever since. And it really is the measure against which I really evaluate current opportunities. Because if I don't have that Mm -hmm. verve and really have that sense that I believe not only in what the company does, but in how they do it, which are values, vision, mission, uh, it's really hard to throw in your all every day. Yes, I love that, Jeanette. And what about Intel made you want to jump out of bed and just and just get to work? You know, it, they allowed me to bring me. And um, they honored the fact 
that I had both a classic academic uh, background and business experience. And they allowed me to tap all of my skills, whether it was government relations, whether it was training, whether it was people systems, uh, strategic alignment. I got to do what I do best. I wasn't pigeonholed into a little job description that was on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. There, if you did well, you got the opportunity to try and do another thing even better. And that's really, oh, that level of innovation and excitement was something that I enjoyed for the 10 years I was there. That's fantastic, Jeanette. And I dealt with a lot of job seekers and working on their resumes. And usually the number one reason for them coming to me to help them out with a resume is because they want to make a transition because they're not happy with wherever they're at right now. They feel stuck or they feel like their company is not really giving them those opportunities to use their talents and gifts and abilities like Intel did for you. So I really want to stress the importance of this episode as we go into it and and just discuss alignment. But right off the bat, I want to hear your answer directly. Why is it so important to be aligned with a company? Because I'll play devil's advocate really quick. I'll, I'll say that I've heard alignment is this really important thing. And really, I just think if I get this decent paying job that I'm okay with, then I'll be just fine. Why do I actually need alignment with my company? You know, as, uh, uh, as someone I highly respect described the other day, we are neurobiologically wired to be connected to the people around us. And alignment requires that that you're engaged with the people, with the work, with the mission. And so it's not just enough to show up. You're not going to be truly committed if you don't like the people you work with, if you don't respect the work that you're doing, and if you don't learn something new each and every day. That's really the key, not only to staying competitive, but to bringing your best because your best is going to change every day. You learn something, you can use that new talent. And that's why I say you've got to be aligned. There are, there's just, you know, so much time that we spend at work. Why would you do something that's good, (laughs) that's just good enough, but doesn't really excite you? Absolutely. I think too many of us are just settling for okay. Like we're just settling for whatever is just going to be a job. And so if you want that longevity and the whole mission of this podcast really is to help people to bring their best and to help them live their best life. It's somewhat of a cliche saying, but it's something I really believe in. And how can you do that if you are picking a job that you are? It's just okay. You know, you need that alignment. You need that energy when you go into work and just give your best. Absolutely. Good enough is a drain on our system because we sense that there's something more or different out there for us. But if you don't go after it, you're never going to find it. Oh, no. So let's delve into the discovery process of finding alignment. Let's say that I'm looking for my next job and I don't have much clarity. What is step one? Uh, Values, needs, and wants. This really is the essence uh, of who we want to be and, and what we are. I say this up front, wrestle these hard. This is not something that's easy to do. And the reason I say that is that, remember, your values have to be owned by you. They have to sit right here, right in your soul or right here in your gut. You need to 
make sure that you are driving them and that they're current and they're viable. I know that over over the course of time, my values have evolved. They haven't necessarily changed, but perhaps I've sharpened them in a way or they've become more pointed. And they are what drive us. Once we know what our values are, we can evaluate what we're going to do each day to make sure it's in line with who we are. Yes. For, exa- for example, you and I were talking and I mentioned to you, I'm a real fan of animals. You know, uh, we always have something running around, right? Four legs and a tail usually. <laughs> and so people say, well, is that why you're a vegetarian? Mm, in part, it is. Sure. But I, I will tell you that I never connected the dots. It's not comfortable for me to work at a company that does animal testing because right. that, vi- that violates one of my primary values of caring for anybody that's in my world that right. needs that. And so that's why I say align your, once you've identified those values, align them with the work you're going to do. You're going to find there may be some tough decisions you have to make, but once you make them, you will be in flow every day. Absolutely. And for me, I so much value the concept of, you know, wellness and being able to take care of myself. So for me to look at a company and find out later that they're having you work these long, crazy hours needlessly all the time for no reason, that might be something that would conflict with my values and something that I would use to guide my job search or career. Correct? Absolutely. I always tell people to look at four things when you're looking at a job. The first one is the job and the job description. Does it sound like something you want to do all day, every day, 365 days a year? Now you get weekends and vacations, right? But the thing of it is, this is going to be your life. So does the job description speak to you? Specs, job postings aren't the be all and end all of what a job will be. Right. I was going to ask you about like how accurate are these job postings half the time? Well, I can tell you that I was looking for an assistant And I jokingly put in, must be able to jump tall buildings with a single bound. And (laughs) they, you know, nobody caught it. And it went through in the job posting. (laughs) And I had a gal who showed up with a Superman cape. And I I said, okay, girl, you're, you're hired. You know, (laughs) you know, I was a little embarrassed, but no, you know, the job description is really, we use it to get the job posted. That's really where the whole process of finding someone to fill that job starts. That's not enough. So you look at the job, you look at the manager. I frankly, and I urge people to look at this seriously. It is more important who you work for, your immediate manager, than it is the brand that's on the door or the name that's on your paycheck. And the reason that I say that is because you and that manager have got to establish a good working relationship, he or she is going to enable you to have opportunity to grow, to apply your your skill and knowledge. And if they're not there for you, and if you two just don't click, man, you've got a hurdle right from the get-go. The third thing is, what about the team? Is the team fun? Are they people that you'll like to be with? That's a part of job satisfaction. The fourth thing and the most important, and this one's a tough one to evaluate, but culture. Culture, sure. Culture. Absolutely. Is the company's culture consistent with you? And are you comfortable with that? You know, everything from do they value 
or do they say they value work-life balance? Do they honor the fact that you may have a family? Do they understand that, um, you know, and there are companies like this, Patagonia, for example, um, you know, in uh, Camarillo, California, you know, you go into their front office and it says surf's up, see you in a couple hours, you know, because they have a lot of surfers and they're yeah. you know, a couple miles from the beach. That's where you're going to find people. That's yeah. honoring the people and the company altogether. You know, they know they've got surfers. They encourage people to exercise and to enjoy their, you know, their, their sport. And they, they back that up. You know, the work gets done anyway. Absolutely. And that's, I'm always telling people, like, if you're going to take a job application seriously, if you want, really want to apply for a job at a company that you care about, make sure you're following them on LinkedIn, make sure you see what they're posting on Instagram and all these other social platforms. Because exactly to your point, if you're going to be working within a company, you need to understand the culture that you're going to be throwing yourself into for the next several years. So this has to be an often forgotten thing. You know, and it is yet it is one of the most important because we find out how many people are unhappy at work every day because of the culture, you know, and it costs, you know, we've calculated what it costs companies when employees aren't engaged and the numbers are they're mind boggling. You know, we estimate between 450 and 550 billion dollars a year are lost because people are not engaged. They're not putting out quality product. They're wasting time, whatever it may be. Chris, to put that in context, that would be like wiping out the revenue of Walmart for a year. (laughs) or or, or Right, exactly. Or British Petroleum and Exxon combined. I mean, that's the size of the loss we're talking. So we know that it costs companies. But one of the things that I've been looking at recently is what does it cost to us as individuals? You know what it costs, Chris? It costs our soul. If you Truth. literally, you show up and you have to be a different person than who you know yourself to be, how difficult is that? You know, you're not an act, you know, are we actors and actresses? Sure, to a certain extent every day. But do you really want to play a role like that that is so far from who and what you are? That's why values are so important. Exactly. Thanks so much for bringing all this to light. I'm loving your answers so far. What are some other ways that we can really find alignment within our careers? You know, first of all, don't let others define you. And people always say, what? You know, and I laugh about that because the thing of it is that you are you and you are your work, but you have to be in the driver's seat. And if somebody says, oh, you're going to be a great, you know, marketing person, or you're going to be a great salesperson. (laughs) I was miserable doing that. It's not, it's just, you know, can I do it? Yep. Am I okay at it? Yep. Am I great at it? No. Why? Because I don't have the passion. I don't have the passion. And so if you've ever been around somebody who's a natural salesperson, they itch to make that sale. They, they are going in. They're going for that, you know, that signature on the dotted line. Yeah. I once and, met someone, Jeanette, uh, who I was driving for Lyft and Uber one day and I picked this person up and they just said that they got off from like a 12 hour shift just doing nothing but cold calling. And I asked them, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Do you feel absolutely miserable right now? 
And he was like, nope, it was the best day I've ever had. <laughs> See, and there are people out there like that. But that's why we have to own our work and yes. not let others define us. You and I'd be miserable doing that. Yeah, I would. <laughs> you know, I, I would too. Absolutely. And that's why I say, make sure that you are very careful about defining you and defining your work. Now, I'm not saying make such a hard edge that it's, you know, impenetrable or that you can't evolve because change is very, very important. Agile and flexible. I mean, if we had talked even eight weeks ago before the quarantine went into effect and before we knew how dreadful this pandemic was going to be here in the U.S., you and I would have no sense of what it's like. But now we got to get with that. And the world is changing so fast. The pace is only getting faster. So get used to it. Absolutely get used to it because change is with us all the time. You know, the other thing, you can't change anybody else. You can change how you deal with people, but you can't change them. So if you're taking a job and you say to yourself, when I get in there, you know, they'll see that I am this, that, the other, that they'll like me. No, it's not going to work that way. You cannot change others. You can change yourself and you can change how you deal with others. But don't think for a moment, oh yeah, once I get in there, that'll be different because you're setting up false expectations. And man, that's painful. It's going to be very painful, like you said, if you just go in thinking that you are going to be that when it's going to be this huge misalignment. So... I'm glad you brought that to light. Yeah. And you know what happens? It's like, it's like our own bodies. There's a process in our bodies where we have cells, you know, something comes into our body like an infection, you know, I cut my finger and so it swells a little bit. Why does it do that? The white blood cells come rushing forward to kill any infection that might be present. And so what happens with people, new people come in and if they're not right for the job, right to work with the manager, right for the team and right for the culture. The antibodies come swarming around new people and they crush them. And that's why we lose so many new people in the first year of their employment. More than half of the people that take professional jobs flame out because it wasn't a good fit. It's not that they couldn't do the job, but they weren't welcomed or they were a bull in a china shop rather than trying to become part of something. They decided that they didn't like that. They wanted to make it different. And that's why it was not a marriage made in heaven. That's for sure. Exactly. And Jeanette, I want to bounce over real quick to ownership versus renter mentality. But oh, before we move yes. on, is there anything else that we can't miss in terms of helping to find alignment? Yeah, there's two things. The first one is don't ask for permission. If you must, at some point later, ask for forgiveness, but be committed enough that you're going to be self-directed and self-motivated. Get yourself out of that chair and get moving. Yeah. And finally, don't make the world have to figure out who you are. If it matters to you, do it. If it just don't let the world have to figure it out. And you know why? It's just like when you create an image, when you're talking to someone over the phone, oh, that person must be six feet tall. Oh, must they must be blonde. I get it wrong every time. And so will the world if you force them to figure out who you are. Name it, claim it, and air it. It's the only way to make sure that the world knows who you are. 
I love that. Thank you so much for all the answers you've given in the last 10, 15 minutes, because I just know from my own experience and from talking to job seekers that some people needed to hear this message. So if any of this stuff resonated with you, or even if it didn't, I highly recommend going back and rewinding these last five to 10 minutes and taking a time to pause job seekers. And I'm a huge advocate for journaling. So journal out some of these things that you think may be important to you. Journal out what you think your values are. And if you haven't figured them out clearly yet, really make sure you have a list going down. Huge recommendation. And I think what Jeanette said has just been so powerful so far. Yeah. You know, and Chris, there are lots of values exercises. In fact, I Googled them earlier today and there's literally hundreds of thousands. But grab anything yeah, you know, and it's usually paper based. And here's the way that they all seem to work. There is a hundred words. Pick twenty that resonate with you. Put it away. Come back to it the next night, the next day, whatever. You have twenty. Cut it down to ten. Let that sit with you. Put it away for another day or so. Maybe two days. Come back to the point you get it down to three, maybe four. Of your most important ones. The most important ones. And people say, well, those others are important to me too. Sure they Mm -hmm. are, but they're not the most important. And, you know, and that's what we want. We want to live by the values that are absolutely non-negotiable with us. (laughs) Let's make some decisions, people. I love it. Okay. There you go. And choice. Absolutely make choices. Awesome. So, Jeanette, I love the article you put out about the ownership versus renter mentality. This is also something that we talked about during our phone call earlier, but this article kicks off with this alarming statistic that 66% of American workers are not fully engaged with their work and 53% are unhappy. So what is this ownership mentality and can it fix this issue? I really believe it can fix the issue. And here's the thing. Think of what Uh, You own a car, you wash it, you put gas in it, you have it serviced, you care for it. It's an asset and it serves a purpose for you and you invest in it. If you rent a car, you go to the rental car agency, they hand you the keys. Maybe they walk you around, you know, and say, oh, big scratches, big dents, you know, and you get in the car and that's it. You don't even pull out the owner's manual. You don't read how, to, you know, you, it gets you from point A to point B. When is your relationship done with that rental car? When you take it back, you hand them the keys, relationship done. I bet <laughs> you haven't thought of the last car you rented, you know, or any rental car ever, right? It Because it's not ours. And so that's why I say, let's own it. Here's the scenario that I get all the time from people. They come in and they say, I want a promotion. Okay. What do you want? What? Tell me about that. Well, I don't really care what I do, but I want more money. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I want, I, I want more money too. Like, you know, yeah. what do you want it? You know, like, and it's without the thought, right? And so people will say, well, I deserve, or I, you know, this, it's like, yeah, okay. That's, you know, you're getting there, but here's the kicker. When you stop and look and say, I am bringing this to the job, it's, you know, whether it's your superpowers. You know, when I'm talking to a new client, I talk about being able to increase productivity, to support business growth, and to work with people individually and collectively to be the highest producing team ever. 
that speaks to me. I get that. I love that. Well, if you're, you know, let's say you've got somebody and you go, this team is, you know, is operating horribly. You know, they don't care about one another, you know, this, that, and the other. And so I would say to you, well, if the team's not doing what you want, what are you doing to change that? And people go, oh, that's not my gig. You know, I can't do anything about it. You can. You absolutely can. And if if you don't, who's going to? And you say, well, that's the manager's job. Mm. Are you miserable? Are you unhappy in your job? Then take ownership for it. I have seen where we have advocated in organizations that people step up and they find their voice and that they use it respectfully to solve problems, to highlight issues that maybe, you know, they're completely under the radar of management. I had an employee once come to me and say, well, Jeanette, I thought, what do you mean you don't know about this? And I'd say, there's 2,000 of you out there on, on the manufacturing floor. How was I supposed to know that? Well, we thought you knew everything. No, man. Uh, you know. And so what it was is that we had these monstrous fans back in manufacturing that were sucking out the hot air and jetting in cool air. Well, two of them had been turned off, and nobody knew why. But when we had this intern who was running around and he was doing the heat checks to see, you know, how we were regulating the temperature in an ambient situation. Sure. And everybody's complaining they're hot. Well, nobody complained that these fans that were, frankly, a lot of money (laughs) that, you know, they knew they weren't on. You look up and you didn't see the fans, you know, the blades going. But nobody did anything about they complained to each other. Oh, yeah, it's too hot. You know, well, did you do anything? No. Take ownership. Grab it. If you see it, say something and try to be part of the solution. You know, I'm not talking about running the company. I'm talking about being a part of the things that impact your ability to bring yes. it all. Yes. I remember you're giving me flashbacks to when I used to run a Mexican restaurant as a manager in New York. And I noticed that some of our servers had this ownership mentality that you're talking about. And some of them had this renters mentality, um, which is the polar opposite. And I'll tell you, Jeanette, the ones that like, I just remember we had one, one um, server who really did a great job just taking ownership of his station, taking ownership of every single one of his tables. And he would go in and just make sure that every table was clean. And I remember some other people were like, you know, why are you doing that? That's the busboy's job. And then he just was like, you know, that it's still my table and it's still something that I want to take control of. I, I own this experience. So, you know, I think that servers like that were the ones that always got the most recognition, the ones that were most eligible for promotion and the ones that got the most tips. So I can't emphasize enough, like no matter what industry you're in, this just sounds like it has to be it. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. And the thing of it is, it will help you feel a part of the solution. And how great is that? You know, it's that 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 level of self-satisfaction is something that we just can't minimize. And nor should we, nor should we. So how can employees adopt this ownership mentality or at least have some more self-awareness to what it is and how it can how it can help you? You know, the first thing, be deliberate, be deliberate in setting out a course of action for your day. And you may say, oh, you know, well, I work for somebody and they tell me what to do. Okay. 
But like the server that you just referenced, that person set a, a deliberate course of action that his station would be attractive, it would be clean, it would mm. be welcoming. And he got the rewards for that. So be deliberate in setting out the course for every day. Know yourself better each day. You know, my motto has long been learn something new every day. And I now have a footnote and make sure you learn something about yourself too, because we're humans and we evolve just as the world evolves around us. Right. And it does take self-awareness. So do that. Identify strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, be honest with yourself. You know, you don't come to me for programming. Did I learn how to program? Yep, I did. I had to for graduate school. But let me tell you, you don't want me to. I don't like it. I'm impatient. I'm not, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I get to the end and it's like, oh, you know, what am I doing here? I know that's not a strength. But if you ask me to meet with a group of people and help them work on their values, wants and needs and how they can be the most confident version of themselves, you've got the right person for that. And that's why know who you are and know what you like to do and what you're good at. Yes. You know, embrace living. Embrace the fact that if you just show up every day, that's what you're going to get out of it. You know, just under, yeah, oh, I just can't emphasize that enough. Learning and living go hand in hand every day. Embrace that and you'll be a heck of a lot happier. And finally, understand the cost of failure. If you are not owning your mentality, man, how unhappy are you going to be? How unsatisfied are you going to be? Disengaged and, you know, poor morale and doing work you shouldn't be doing. Exactly. Jeanette, thank you so much. I just think that anyone listening to this episode would hopefully rethink the way that they are looking for jobs because I think it starts really, obviously it starts with yourself, but it starts with that yeah. job application process. You know, oftentimes if you are already in a job that you feel misaligned with, it's just going to be really tough to get out and take that ownership mentality. But it's not too late. It's not too late to start now if you feel like that's you right now. And if you want a good career, if you want a passionate career, I truly believe that this is the way to move towards that. So thank you for your answer so far. It's been my pleasure. It's been my pleasure. All right. So we have this thing called lightning round. We don't do this with every guest, but I think you would just do such a great job here. And I'm going to ask these questions and you'll have about 30 seconds to answer each one. Take that with what you will and elaborate as much as you want within those 30 seconds. But I'll kick it off. We have four questions here. The first one is, who is your biggest role model? Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, oh, man, uh, Kate McKenna does the best impression of her uh, anywhere on Saturday Night Live. But <laughs> if you if you know anything about the justice, you'll know how she was leading edge in the work that she did from the time she graduated from law school until the work she does every day. That woman is tenacious. She is determined and she has an intellect that just that she uses to all of our benefit, I believe. And, uh, you know, the thing is, and I don't know about you, but there are times, Chris, I haven't always been as, you know, you just go, oh, I got a headache today. or <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I need a mental health day. This babe has had what three different versions of cancer and all the rest yeah. of it. 
you know, she has a gallbladder problem last week or two weeks ago. She's taking calls from her hospital room. You know, that to me is a demonstration of commitment. And yet she takes care of herself. She, you know, she works out every day and, you know, she's very careful about her diet. Mm -hmm. She really lives life. And a woman at her age and having, you know, ascended to the highest position in her in her field, she still works hard at being the best. And I just think that's the best role model you can have. I love that. We all need our role models and I can definitely see the parallels. So thanks for bringing that up. So number two, what is one of the fondest memories of your career? You know, I have mentioned that Intel gave me the opportunity to do a lot of really exciting things. And I was tapped uh, along with one of the factory leaders to create a strategic plan for women, technical women at the company. And we presented that to the board of directors and we had some pretty tough messages that we had to deliver in terms of things that had to be corrected. And if we wanted to become truly welcoming that we, you know, we needed to embrace. And I expected, you know, these men and women in their armor to stand up and say, ah, you know, piffle or whatever. They leaned in, they asked tough questions. They pushed us very hard to describe the data we had found and and really dig into our findings and recommendations, you could see the light going on with each and every one of them. And to this day, Intel has continued. The affinity network there, women at Intel, is something that uh, I still watch very closely because it was a turning point in the company's view on how they embraced and welcomed women. And sure, every company needs to do better each and every day, but I'll tell you, that was really one of the fondest memories I have of the work that I knew was going to mean a great deal, not just to me, but to all the women in the company. Thank you for that answer. And, and what a good example of alignment. So that's, I think that's brilliant. All right. What is one book you'd recommend people read for self-improvement? One, I only get one. Well, uh, <laughs> it's so, the decisions thing again. I know, I know. <laughs> well, let's start by saying that anything that Brene Brown uh, publishes, you should read. But the yeah. book that I really resonated most, just most wholeheartedly to, was Braving the Wilderness. And if you're trying to make decisions and you're trying to pull yourself up, and, you know, maybe you haven't had a good go of it, and, you know, Braving the Wilderness gives you a roadmap for how to tackle things that are tough and how to do so with honor to yourself and to those around you. I love that. And the final question, Jeanette, of Lightning Round is, what is your favorite piece of networking advice? Prepare. This is not showing up and shaking somebody's hand and saying, hi, you know, that's not networking. So have an introduction ready. Who are you? What do you do? Know something about the group that you're going to be mingling amongst or the people attending. Do your research. You need to make sure that you are ready and preparation will get you ready for that. And finally, reciprocity. Make sure that you're prepared to give to get. And that right there is the key to good networking. Absolutely. And I am discovering that point very much so. And as you know, one of the people who introduced us um, to actually do this podcast is a great example of that. Um, a past podcast guest, as all of you listeners know, George McGarren actually introduced both Jeanette Winters and I, and uh, we have this podcast going. And I can't agree enough that you have to give in order 
to receive. That's just the way it works. That is reciprocity. Mm -hmm. So be prepared. Networking isn't just those awkward handshakes when you're kind of sweating during those networking events. It's so much more than that. So thanks for bringing that to light. Absolutely. All right. Closing it off here before we hear about you is if you could tattoo one message for every person looking to embark on the next phase of their career, what would that message be? Be confident. We know that confidence is learned and it must be practiced each and every day. You are not confident or not not confident. And I think that if we are aligned with who we are and what's important to us, we can be confident in representing that. You're not going to be right for every job and every job's not right for you. Be confident that sticking with your values, needs, and wants is going to get you where you should be. Uh, you're speaking to my soul right now, Jeanette. Thank you so much. I know some people may not be feeling confident or feeling like their job search is going the way they want to hear. So I just think that some people really needed to hear that. So that is just brilliant. So how can people find out more about you and what is next for Jeanette Winters? So... People should get in touch with me via LinkedIn, uh, Jeanette K. Winters, and I respond to everybody that writes to me. So send me a message. I would be delighted. And uh, what's next is that we are putting together a series on leadership in the new age that starts with uh, emotional intelligence and wraps up with managing time and energy. I hope that people will uh, be interested and we'd love to have you join. That's awesome. And so for those of you listening, you know what I do. I like to drop the description or the URLs within the description below. So check out the URL from Jeanette for her LinkedIn. Make sure you connect with her. Write a well thought out LinkedIn message. That's something that we've taught before in past episodes. And let her know that you came from this podcast. I love making those sorts of connections. And I think it's just such a meaningful thing. So Jeanette, have to give you one last big thank you. You've been such a really, you've been a really awesome guest and I can't thank you enough for the insights you brought to the show. This is important, Chris. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to have this conversation. So uh, have a good day and be healthy. Awesome. You too. So this concludes our 143rd episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior podcast. I, for me, just think we just had to have this episode because we don't talk enough in our lives about alignment and we don't talk enough about the jobs and the intention of picking the right job for us. I just think culture and the companies we choose and the people that we work with and work for all have to be taken into account when we are applying for those jobs. Believe me, I've met way too many unhappy people just from working on their resumes because we ask why they're leaving their job. So I think with an episode like this, the things that Jeanette brought to light, things such as alignment, things such as having that ownership mentality and a reason for you to have that ownership mentality are just so important. So I'm just grateful to have Jeanette here on this episode and we'll make sure to have some good show notes for you too as well. So if you would want to do a journaling exercise or you want to find the values within your career, we'll make sure to give those within the description as well. So this concludes it for today. I can't wait to see you next time. We have some amazing stuff coming up and uh, that's a wrap. <laughs>